It's Thursday, January 16th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Something new started today. With the trial of the President of the United States. Yeah, the Senate got really real. But we'll explain how a one-man media circus gave today's start to President Trump's impeachment trial a run for its money. Then, we've got the details about this week's Cinderella story in Russian politics. And finally, we'll rewind a century to relive a dry January that ended up lasting 13 years. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Robinhood. Today was a pretty big day on Capitol Hill. Uh, Senators, I attend the Senate in conformity with your notice for the purpose of joining with you for the trial of the President of the United States. I am now prepared to take the oath. This afternoon, Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts was sworn in so he can preside over the impeachment trial of President Trump. Then, he swore in all 100 senators who are basically the jury in that trial. Do you solemnly swear that in all things appertaining to the trial of the impeachment of Donald John Trump, President of the United States, now pending, you will do impartial justice according to the Constitution and laws, so help you God. It was a pretty momentous occasion. For only the third time in U.S. history, the Senate is considering whether to convict and remove a president from office. Remember, last month, the House passed two articles of impeachment, one for abuse of power and the other for obstruction of Congress. Before senators were sworn in this afternoon, those articles were presented and read on the Senate floor. California Representative Adam Schiff is one of seven House managers who will prosecute the case during the impeachment trial. Mr. President, the managers on the part of the House of Representatives are present and ready to present the articles of impeachment, which have been preferred by the House of Representatives against Donald John Trump, President of the United States. So now that all the ceremonial ribbons have been cut, the official impeachment trial is ready to kick off on Tuesday. It's been a long time coming. The House voted to impeach a month ago, but House Dems refused to send the articles of impeachment over to the Senate until this week because they wanted to try to pressure Senate Republicans to have witnesses from the Trump administration testify during the trial. Those witnesses had refused to testify to the House. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has practically laughed off this pressure campaign. Here he was earlier this week. House Democrats' case cannot simultaneously be so robust that it was enough to impeach in the first place, but also so weak that the Senate needs to go fishing. But yesterday, one guy wrapped up in the Ukraine drama that led to Trump's impeachment made a pretty good case for why the Senate might want to hear from witnesses. And he's making all of the headlines today with what he had to say. Let's back up for a second. That guy is named Lev Parnas. You might remember him from our show yesterday. Parnas had been working for Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, in Ukraine. Parnas was trying to get the Ukrainians to investigate former VP Joe Biden's son, who is on the board of a Ukrainian energy company. Parnas now solemnly swears that he was up to no good. And it all came to a head in October when he was arrested in the U.S. on campaign finance charges. Parnas is still awaiting trial, but he's not waiting anymore to have his voice heard. Yesterday, Parnas went on a bit of a media blitz. He spoke to MSNBC's Rachel Maddow. In this interview, uh, you will hear Lev Parnas make some bombshell assertions. CNN's Anderson Cooper. What's so fascinating about what you just said is that... And the New York Times. And he threw a lot of people under the bus, 
including the president. Here he was on MSNBC. President Trump knew exactly what was going on. Uh, he was aware of all of my movements. Uh, he, I wouldn't do anything without the consent of Rudy Giuliani or the president. Throughout the impeachment inquiry in the House, witnesses allege that Trump wanted to dig up dirt. But Parnas is the first person actually on the inside doing the digging, who says Trump knew about it. To be clear, Parnas says even though he'd met Trump, the two of them never spoke directly about Parnas's work in Ukraine. But Parnas says he knows that Giuliani talked about that work with Trump. And he said, why would the Ukrainian leaders want to talk to little old me if they weren't certain that the president of the United States was also on board? Who am I? Mm -hmm. They were told to meet with me. Parnas now says he regrets trusting Trump and Giuliani, and he's totally on board to help federal prosecutors. Which reminds us, there's a major caveat here. Parnas is facing a criminal trial, so some are concerned his timing might be a little bit self-serving. Other big claims he's making, that VP Mike Pence, Attorney General Bill Barr, and former National Security Advisor John Bolton all knew about or were involved with the pressure campaign in Ukraine to investigate Trump's political rivals. So, allegedly, a lot of people were in on it. Parnas also said that the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, was ousted because she tried to block Parnas's efforts to get a Ukrainian investigation into the Bidens. Parnas even apologized to Yovanovitch for his role in that one. So Parnas had a lot to say. And as Dems on Capitol Hill fight to bring witnesses to the floor as the impeachment trial gets started, Parnas told CNN that he's on board. I would be very willing to testify. So what's the skim? If you thought we wouldn't be getting any new info during the next stage of impeachment, think again. As senators met today to officially kick off the impeachment trial, new details from one figure embedded in the impeachment story, Lev Parnas, could expand our understanding of what went down in Ukraine. Now, it's up to the Republican-led Senate to decide if they want to consider new documents and new witness testimony in their deliberations, or if they'd rather wrap up the impeachment trial as fast as possible. Only time will tell. Speaking of presidents with a lot at stake, Vladimir Putin just put something in motion that could keep him around for a long time to come. After the break. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone with as little as $1 and no commission fees or account minimums. Stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to skimthis.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Robinhood Financial, LLC. This week, the world is getting to know an entirely new face in Russian politics. And it sort of feels like a tale of rags to riches. Let's set the scene. Yesterday, Moscow, city center. The gray sky filled with clouds and cold enough to maybe consider splashing some vodka into your hot chocolate. It was a big day for President Vladimir Putin. The stage was set for his yearly State of the Union speech. He stood at a pristine white podium flanked by Russian flags and beneath an enormous replica of the Russian coat of arms. It was a pretty grand scene, but few would have known he was about to set the nation on a new course. In front of members of the government, court leaders, activists, and media bosses, Putin began sketching out sweeping changes that would redistribute the powers of the Russian government. 
Notably, he called for strengthening the role of parliament and of the prime minister. Shortly after, the whole Russian government resigned. Not in any sort of protest, but to make it easier for Putin to make those changes. Out the door were people like Putin's longtime right-hand man, Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev. And stepping in through the door was little-known Mikhail Mishustin, who Putin tapped to become the next prime minister. Just a day ago, Mishustin was in charge of Russia's federal tax service. A man without much of a reputation, beyond being efficient, a good manager, and fully under the radar. A guy who didn't even have an English-language Wikipedia page until yesterday. So, not exactly a rising political star. Today, Mishustin was officially sworn in as prime minister. It was Moscow's a Cinderella story. Or was it? There's a lot of chat going on that this is actually a power move by Putin, and that he's really just looking out for his own political future. Putin's clock is ticking, because in 2024, his presidential term limit will be up. Unless he gets clever. Putin's nearly in a league of his own when it comes to staying in power. Back in 2008, after finishing his two-term limit as president, he stepped down and took over the job of prime minister. And then in 2012, he ran for president again, claiming his term limits had reset. How convenient. He won that election too, and began his second first term as president. Now he's on his second, second term. It was a very Putin thing to do. People think that Putin may have something similar up his sleeves this time, because by taking power away from the presidency and beefing up other parts of the government, like Russia's state council, Putin might have just given himself a cushy future job. Turns out, he leads the state council now as president. But with these changes, he could also do that after being president. And conveniently, he's proposing that the council's role be enshrined in the constitution and added to the executive branch. Meaning he'd be able to, quote unquote, advise any future president from a high level position with no term limits. And something be all set up to lead Russia for life which can mean the U.S. and the rest of the world might be dealing with Putin for years to come, and that Prime Minister Mishustin's fancy new job might end up being more like his last. How's that for a story arc? Okay, so the jobs report. On the first Friday of every month, the Bureau of Labor Statistics releases a status report on job creation in the U.S. Job growth tends to signal the economy is doing well, so this report is a good test of the economy's temperature. And the latest report is causing a bit of a buzz, because it says that women in the U.S. are now the workforce majority, meaning that for the first time in nearly a decade, women held more jobs than men. But don't go splurging your next paycheck on celebrations just yet. Because even though women's participation in the American workforce is growing, the World Economic Forum says American women still aren't getting the C-suite jobs or the paychecks that come with them. And that's part of the reason why women still earn, on average, around 80 cents for every man's dollar. Luckily, there are a few things you can do to increase your earning potential. Think looking for roles in emerging industries like AI or cloud computing, seeking out mentors who can help you develop your skills, and advocating for yourself at work. Find more tips that can help you earn more over at theskim.com money.
And finally, here's a fun fact to share at happy hour. According to a new report, wine consumption in the U.S. has dropped for the first time in 25 years. Instead of the usual Pinot Grigio, Americans are opting to order old fashions or even hard seltzers. And if you're turning down all of the above and observing dry January, you can consider it a historical reenactment, since tomorrow marks 100 years since the start of Prohibition, aka the 13-year period when the U.S. government decided that the right to imbibe no longer applied. Which means that hibiscus ginger cucumber mocktail you're sipping on isn't just health conscious, it's also historically relevant. So let's have a toast to the original pour one out. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.